0: willing to still build. Just in case you're wondering, these are my five-gallon buckets. So any of uh, some of you older guys that have five-gallon bucket collections, these are mine. Do not take them. Hmm. Don't know what it is with some people in five-gallon buckets, but hey. Hey, Amen. I'm thankful to be here today. This is July 4th weekend. It's been mentioned several times, and as we celebrate our freedom and our independence as a nation Uh, in these next few days. I'm thankful for the freedom and independence that I have and the liberty that I can find inside Jesus Christ. Amen. He went through a lot to provide for my freedom, and I don't ever want to take for granted the sacrifice that he made. Throughout this weekend, if you see anything on TV or if you see pictures, I'm sure that you will see, as it's celebrated, various memorials that will be shown that celebrate freedom. Washington, D.C. is covered with monuments and memorials. The Washington Monument, the Jefferson Memorial, we have the Lincoln Memorial, we have the Vietnam Wall Memorial. There are memorials and items that are throughout uh, our nation's capital and even throughout our own community. If you go to the cemetery, you can see a wall of those who have given their lives uh, fighting for the freedom of this country. I think it's very important for us to have memorials in our lives. A memorial is simply something that's designed to preserve the memory of a person, an event, or some such thing. And I'm thankful that there are times that we can begin to forget the sacrifice that people paid for our nation to have freedom. Not just in that one moment, but throughout The history of the United States it can become easy to take for granted what we have received and memorials keep those things before us they are important we know from Scripture that memorials are also important we see that throughout the Scripture there are various times that memorials were set up if you would we may call them testimonies uh, in our modern vernacular We see from the very start as the nation of Israel left uh, Egypt that they were told to establish the Passover. That while it was not a physical memorial, it was a monument to what the Lord had done. That he had passed over the Israelites and he had brought the Israelites out of the bondage of Egypt and set them free. And every time that they would eat of the Passover, it was a memorial to what the Lord had done in their life. We read that when the Israelites crossed over the river Jordan, that God commanded them to set up stones as a memorial, so that when people would walk by and they see the stones and they would ask, what are these stones doing here? That they could then tell them of what the Lord had done. We see in the New Testament even that The Lord's Supper was established as a memorial and we know that every time that we take of communion, every time that we uh, partake of that holy ceremony, that we are to remember the Lord's death until He comes. And we look back at what the Lord did, not only by His sacrifice, but what He continues to do in our life. It's a memorial and a testimony of God's power, of His redemption, of what He is working in my life. Perhaps the first memorial was not something set up either, but we see the rainbow, and every time we see the rainbow, we, remi- we uh, are reminded as a memorial that the Lord will not destroy the earth again. By water and so throughout scripture we have these memorials and this morning it, it, from the very start I want to remind some people of the importance of the memorials that God has placed in your life if I could the importance of your testimony today your testimony is important your testimony is valuable in Psalms chapter 77 Verses 10 through 12, it says, And I said, This is my infirmity. You see, the psalmist has been writing, and he's been talking about what a bad time it's been going on in his life. And his enemies are around him, and things are taking place that he doesn't like. But he says in verse 10, But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. He says, I'm going to take just a minute. the middle of my troubles, in the middle of my circumstances, to remember the years of the right hand of the Most High God. That speaks to the power of God. That speaks to the things that God has done in our life. And I want you, if you would this morning, to simply remember the years of the right hand of God in your life. There's people throughout this place. It doesn't take a whole long, long time to begin to look at people and you begin to see memorials of the right hand of God working in their life. And I would challenge us this weekend as we celebrate liberty, as we celebrate freedom that we would take some time to look at the spiritual memorials in our life and we would begin to celebrate for the freedom, for the liberty that He has brought into our life I know there's people throughout this place that have experienced all kinds of things and I want to challenge you this morning, take some time to remember the memorials in your life, take some time to remember the works of the right hand of God, I look out here and see people that should be dead right now now and yet you sit in this place today i see people who should have overdosed and should not be here but god has brought you here today i see people that were addicted i see people that were depressed and you sit here today i've seen you worship today i want you to remember the memorials that god has put in your life come on god's been good to us today God's done some mighty good things in my life. And I think it's important that we take time to remember. I don't think we can lose the value of the memorials that God has placed in our life. I want to remind you that your testimony is important. Don't ever think that your testimony is not important. We heard from Sister Jean about from one generation to the next. Let me remind one generation that the next generation needs to hear your testimony. They need to hear what God has done in your life. They need to hear about the right hand of God and what it did in your life and what it can still do today. I'm challenged by the verses in Judges chapter 2 verses 10 and 11 it says and also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which He had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. You know, as I begin to look at the next generation, and all kinds of stuff can begin to cloud my mind and think, well, this generation's this, and this generation's that. But that verse challenges me, that I have a part to play in the next generation. That there's something that I must do for the next generation. If I want them to understand the power of God, And what he can do in somebody's life If I want them to walk through every trial And keep holding on to the Lord's hand Then maybe I just don't need to wish it will happen But maybe I need to begin to share my testimony With someone Maybe I need to begin to share some memorials That happened in my own life I want to challenge you today Don't quit telling your testimony Don't quit sharing what God has done in your life Don't quit sharing the night that you got the Holy Ghost Don't quit sharing the time that you were healed Come on, there's value in your testimony today. There's people that sit all over this place. I see Brother Pate right here. This is a man that had 13,000 volts of electricity go through his body. And that was just the first time he saw Sister Pate. (laughs) It's one up for you, Brother Pate. but this man should not be sitting here today. Brother Pate, there's a generation that needs to know that God can protect you in every situation, in every circumstance. It doesn't matter. We've got Nicole sitting over here. Less than a 2% chance that she would even make it. I want someone to know that's going through a rough time. Nicole, keep sharing your testimony. Bryce, she's got to share her testimony. Sitting right next to her is Sister April that God's brought her through. Car crashes and, and, and all kinds of stuff in her life. Don't quit sharing your testimony. We've got Tim and Amy that's here today don't quit sharing the testimony that god can restore a marriage don't quit sharing your testimony and that's not everybody i know there's people throughout this place come on i know you think people are tired of hearing about it but you know what brother lester i'm going to stand up one more time and share my testimony because it's not going to be my fault if the next generation doesn't know i want them to know how powerful god is how great he is that he can keep you through every situation Oh, come on. Why don't you give them praise right now for the testimony of your own life? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, the importance of my testimony, despite whether I I may get tired of sharing with my testimony, despite whether I think, well, nobody's listening, I don't know which time I tell it will be the time that sparks something in somebody's life. I don't know if this is the time when it seemed like I'd told it before and nobody cared. This might be the time that someone needs to hear. That what I say may cut to somebody's heart. Somebody that had lost all hope and yet my testimony does something in their life. It's important for me to understand that my testimony according to judges can nurture faith in somebody. That it can actually nurture obedience in someone. That when I share with someone I didn't understand why God told me to do this. I didn't understand why I was going through this trial. But I kept holding to God's unchanging hand. I don't understand that that can bring about faith in somebody's life. I don't understand but that may bring about someone that says you know what? I was going to quit on God but I'm going to keep obeying. I'm going to keep following God. I want to challenge you today. Don't quit telling your testimony share the memorials with others throughout scripture we see the importance of those of those memorials and the challenge still remains for you and I today but throughout scripture we also see something else that was built along with memorials and that was altars not only did they build memorials to remind people of what had happened of moves of God, but they began to build altars as they had encounters with God. We see the word altar is first used, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) by Noah. (coughs) That didn't work at all. It's first used by Noah. Maybe I'll take a drink. That may not work either. (coughs) An altar was first used by Noah as he got off the ark, and we find that he began to build an altar in thanksgiving to God. Now we can assume that an altar was erected when we talk about Cain and Abel and their sacrifices. We can assume that an altar was there and so this was probably not the first time an altar was used by Noah, but it's the first time it's mentioned. And altars were built for various reasons. They were built as a way for atonement to be made. In the Old Testament, they sacrificed on an altar because there was no permanent sacrifice that covered sin for all eternity like Jesus Christ did. So every year they had to go and offer a sacrifice and they would roll their sins back for another year. There were altars that were built and sacrifices made as acts of worship as we see Noah doing, offering thanksgiving for the protection of his family and for God bringing him through. And then there were also Altars that were built when there was an encounter that happened with God. We read throughout the Old Testament, in fact, we heard about it today in Sunday school, that altars were tore down. Altars fell into disrepair. And there were times throughout Israel's history where they tore down the idols. They tore down all the signs of adul- uh, idolatry, not adultery, hopefully they went together. They tore them all down. And they, and they repaired the altars that were once there. But to sum it up, altars were built to signify an encounter with God. And I want to challenge you today. I come to you with a heart burden because I feel concerned that some people, while we need them and while they are necessary, while we must have them, they are important in our lives. They are important in overcoming. They are important to the next generation. But I want to challenge you today because I'm concerned that there are people today that all you have is a memorial in your life and the altars have become forgotten. I want to challenge you today and ask you the question, are you willing to still build altars in your life? In the old, in, throughout the Bible, we see that there were two kinds of altars. First of all, there was the fixed Permanent altar. We find these located in the temple. We find these located in the tabernacle. We know that the first fixed altar was found in the tabernacle in the wilderness. And let me just say this, before they could ever build that altar in the tabernacle, before there was anything fixed in their life where they could daily go before God, they had to get out of Egypt. And let me tell you, you cannot build an altar in Egypt. Perhaps you're struggling. Perhaps you're wondering why some things aren't coming together. I want to challenge you today. Moses went to Pharaoh and said, we can't offer sacrifices in Egypt. We have to get out of here. We have to go three days journey into the wilderness. And let me challenge you first of all about the altar. You cannot build an altar in Egypt. You must turn your back on Egypt in what we call repentance. You must turn your back upon the world. You can't live in the world and worship God. You can't live in the world and do the things of God. If you want an altar in your life, you must turn your back upon Egypt. But I want to challenge you today that we must have a fixed altar in our life and I know there's people throughout this place that this is nothing strange to you but you must have a fixed altar in your life. You must have a place that is familiar to you. A place where regular communion with God is had. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I would challenge you that in these days and times in which we live if you don't have a fixed altar in your life then you are in trouble <laughs> Come on, we like to talk about how bad the world is. We like to talk about how things are going to hell in a handbasket. And yet the altar of our daily life remains untouched. We feel like we don't have to pray. We feel like we don't have to consecrate every day. But Paul says, every day I get up on that altar. Every day I crawl upon that altar. And I begin to die daily. I want to challenge you today. Don't forget about the fixed altars. You need to have something in your life that's permanent. You need to have a place in your life that you retreat to. And you say, Lord, I lay myself upon the altar again today. Lord, I consecrate this day to you. Lord, I consecrate this life to you. I'm troubled because I feel like the altars are missing. We have memorials. We can stand up and thank God for what He's done in the past. We can stand up and thank God for all the moves of, the, the, all the touch from God that we've had before. But I'm challenged today, and I want to encourage you to find a place of daily commitment to God. To find a daily altar. To crawl up on it every day. To become familiar with the altar. I must die every single day. I must get up on that altar every single day. Young person, young adults, you've got to that it's not enough just to come to church it's not enough just to hear the messages it's not enough just to pray at an altar once a week but I must climb upon that altar every single day I must get up there and say Lord this is my reasonable service I die to my desires I die to my wishes today Lord I sacrifice myself to you today I challenge you in your life to find a fixed altar The second kind of altar that was built in Scripture was the mobile altar, mobile homes. These were altars that could be built at any place, at any moment, any time. The only requirement, not even requirement, but the only uh, thing that we see in Scripture that's tied with these mobile altars is that they represented a moment when God met with somebody in a powerful way. We find these mobile altars constructed there. We find Abraham building altars. We find all these people building altars. And generally we will find connected with it. That God either spoke to someone. He delivered something. He did something that caused the person to say, I must build an altar here. Something has to be different about this place. Because something is different about me. And I'm not speaking of just simply feeling God. I'm not talking about coming into a service and feeling His presence, which we should feel every time. I'm not talking about an experience that we feel goosebumps. I'm talking about life-changing moments, life-altering encounters. When we get up, we know that we have been with God. We know that He has done something within us. And it's upon these altars that I'm concerned as well. I'm concerned about these altars that talk about an encounter with God. These mobile altars were usually something simple. Perhaps just a few rocks placed. Perhaps the only thing that gave these altars away was through word of mouth. Maybe the name of the place was changed. But it was these mobile altars that represented a powerful encounter with God. We find Abraham, he erected many altars to commemorate encounters with God. We find many instances that altars were constructed to honor a special or significant encounter. One of these incidents incidents we find is in Genesis chapter 32. This is speaking of Jacob. And it says, he arose up that night and he took his two wives and his two woman servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford, Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook, and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, this is Jacob, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face. And my life is preserved. Jacob. Jacob had an encounter with God that was undeniable. Jacob had an encounter that left him permanently scarred, if you will. He walked with a limp from that day on. His life was never the same. His name was changed that day. And it started out in that moment when it became simply Jacob and God. The verse says, and Jacob was left alone. You see, I'm troubled by A society and a culture where really to be alone is one of the hardest things to do. Have you ever tried just to be alone and all of a sudden your phone starts ringing? Or you think of something else you need to do, something that's on your to-do list that you forgot to do. Even when it's time to pray, you think, well, I need to do this or I need to do that. And before long, our lives just become cluttered with all kinds of stuff. But this verse tells us that before Jacob could ever have an encounter with God, he had to send everything away. He had to send his, his cattle away. He had to send his possessions away. In fact, it even got to the point where he had to send his family away. It could only be him and God. And I fear today that we have become afraid of being alone with God. You see, there's all kinds of things that can cloud our mind that we pull into our relationship with God. We know God through a book. We know God through a sermon. We know God through our parents. We know God through the testimony of somebody else. But when was the last time that you were alone with God? When was the last time that everything was stripped away and it was simply you and God? You see, these are the encounters I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the encounters that, where you prayed around the dinner table. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about an encounter where they said, everybody, let's stand and pray. No, I'm talking about a deep encounter with God. I'm talking about something powerful. I'm talking about something where everything becomes stripped away and it's simply me and God. You see, I'm concerned about these altars. I know these altars are personal. I know these altars are private. I know it's not something that everybody sees, but it's a concern to me because I fear that these altars are dying out. You see, I know I'm not perfect in my, in my own life. I know that His plan is not accomplished yet in my life. But I would ask you, when was the last time that you wrestled with God? When was the last time that you wrestled with God? And I understand that I. this is not talking about something that I get up and do every day. I don't wrestle with God every day. I don't, I don't wrestle with God every month, hopefully. I follow His will and do what He's asked me to do. But these are moments, these are key points in our life that we come to. Where God begins to speak to us. Where God begins to challenge us. Where God begins to reach into our heart and begin to pull something out of us. And it's not easy. It's not the greatest thing. It's, it's not the most comfortable thing. It's something so difficult that we actually begin to wrestle with what God wants us to do when was the last time that God asked me to do something that I felt so tore up about it that I begin to wrestle with his spirit it's where God is asking for something that's not easy not the simplest thing ride plenty of arguments to get through what God asked you see I've had moments like this in my own life I remember a moment when I was young And I was the kid that never really prayed for the Holy Ghost too much, but I remember one night, I hope you remember too, not the night I got the Holy Ghost, but the the time you got the Holy Ghost. But I remember because these, these things are important to me. These are things that every time, it doesn't matter which church building I walk into, which room I walk into, I can see these altars that were built in my life. And every time I walk in this gym, I see an altar that's right about here. Because it was right about here in relation to where I got the Holy Ghost. It was right here. And so when I look back, when I stand up here and preach, you know what I see when I look right here? I see an altar from when I got the Holy Ghost. It was an encounter. It should be a powerful encounter. It's a moment we know because we tell people when we're praying for them, forget about everyone else. This is just you and God. That's the kind of encounter I'm talking about, where it was just me and God. It was nobody else. And I received the greatest thing that ever came into my life, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's an altar that is built in my life. I remember another altar. There was an altar took place back here in the corner. This corner is going to become a very familiar walk. I like the right hand corner for some reason. But it was right about here. If I turn and look I can see an altar there. It wasn't in a service where I just stood up and came to the front. No, it was where God began to wrestle with me. You see, it was at that point that I could not get up. God was asking me to do things in my life that I didn't want to do. He was asking me to consecrate things to God that I didn't want to do. And you know what? There was nobody else. In fact, it wasn't out here in the open. It wasn't me on the choir risers praying during church. That would be a little distracting. But actually, it was actually behind in a back room off to the side where I lay for five hours. I lay for five hours while church went on. I stayed there after church went on. As God began to wrestle with me. As, as I wrestled with God. It was an encounter that I had. An altar that had to be built in my life. There's another altar. This one was actually right here. As God took my life. I used to be an angry person. I used to have hatred in my life. And I came forward one time for just a regular altar call, and suddenly the power of God began to deal with me. And I laid on a floor. It was a gym floor, a wooden floor. I laid on a floor at this point, right in front of the podium. I laid there for three hours. I couldn't get up. It, it was the strangest thing. I, I wanted to get up, but I couldn't. I could hear people leaving. I could hear the altar service going on around me. And yet I was having an encounter with God. Something that was worth building an altar over. And in that moment, I can't describe it, but hatred began to come out of me. Bitterness began to come out of me. Pride began to be dealt with. Hatred came out of my life as I had an encounter with God. I remember another moment. It was back in this corner again. Another moment. I remember how many of you remember Brother Gene preaching out of a tent? He preached to get out of your tent, and back there in the back of a prayer room, I began to have an encounter with God. because all of a sudden, I didn't need people praying with me. I didn't need anything else, because it was suddenly just me and God. It was a powerful encounter. It was something that transformed and changed my life. I had another encounter over here. As a young person, a young adult, God dealt with me in this spot right here. Every time I go get a battery from my microphone, I walk past a spot that's an altar in my life. As God spoke to me and challenged me and again... God had to wrestle with me a lot, but He began to challenge me and wrestle with me about His call, about what He wanted me to do. And see, as I look out over this congregation, as I stand here today, I can look around and see these altars that have been in my life. These are moments that were prayers that were not my will, but Thy will be done moments. They were moments that were done in private, they were moments that were done alone. But they were an encounter where I got up and left knowing that something had changed in my life. Knowing that something had happened in my life. That the course of my life had been altered. That attitudes, that ways of thinking had been changed. That perspective had been shifted in my life. And I want to challenge young people today. Don't forget how to build an altar. I want to challenge young people and young adults. You know what? There's some things that are important with life in life. But the most important thing is having an encounter with God. The most important thing is not everybody praying with you. The most important thing. I know we have to have our daily altar. But finding a place where God begins to deal with you. Where God begins to challenge you. Where God begins to do something in your heart and life. Some memorials, as we look in Scripture, we find some memorials, and really that's what these are in my life, are things that really no longer represent altars, but they represent a memorial in my life. You see, because I don't get the Holy Ghost, although I should be filled with the Holy Ghost again and again, but that's a memorial to a point in time. I look around and these are memorials, in my life, of when God spoke to me, of when God touched my life. And there are memorials because I no longer place a sacrifice on those. Let me remind you the difference between an altar and a memorial is that an altar becomes a memorial when sacrifices ceases in that place. Let me say in your daily life, If you quit sacrificing, you no longer have a daily altar. You simply have a memorial to what once was. But I'm challenged in my own life because the question to me is, am I willing to still build? I'm concerned that if I look back throughout my life, I can see the moments, I can see the places where God touched my life. But when I look back through my life, is it all that I see just a trail of memorials in my life? Or am I still willing to build a fresh altar today in my life? And again, I'm not speaking now of a daily altar which we need, but I'm questioning whether I'm still willing to place it all on the line like I did in these moments. Am I still willing to place everything on the line like I once did? Am I still willing to build? Am I still willing to wrestle with God? Am I still willing to struggle because what He is asking me is too great? If what He's asking me is too difficult, am I still willing to even have those encounters anymore? Do I look for them at all? Do I wish for them at all? When we begin to look at Abraham, and we know the story of him taking his son Isaac to the mountain. But when we look at that story, that morning when Isaac woke up, or when Abraham woke up, everything that he had that day, he had Isaac, he had the stones, he had the wood, he had everything. Everything was there. But that story is not about losing something. Physically. Neither is it about gaining anything physically. The whole thing about Abraham building an altar was simply God asking, are you willing to still build? You see, because we know he didn't have to sacrifice his son... And when he came back home that day, everything that he left, it was still all there physically, yet something had taken place inside the heart, inside the life of Abraham. And he had answered the question, yes, I am still willing to build. Yes, I'm still willing to lay it on the line. And I want to challenge young people here today. I'm asking you, are you willing to still build? Are you willing to still take your hopes? Are you willing to still take your dreams? Are you willing to still take your desires and everything that you want? And once again encounter God and begin to build a memorial. Begin to build an altar that you begin to sacrifice yourself upon once more. I'm challenging young people young adults that are here today that the cares of life have suddenly taken over. That suddenly careers and finances and all these things begin to take over our life. I'm challenging you today. Are you still willing to take some stones and begin to build an altar in your life? Are you willing to still say Lord I will do whatever you ask of me even Even though it seems hard. Even though it seems difficult. Even though it seems impossible. Are you willing to still build today? I'm challenging those that are more seasoned. That as you look back. I hope that you see memorials throughout your life where God has touched you, where God has done something in your life. But I want to challenge you because Abraham was not a young man and yet God still asked him, are you willing to still build? Are you willing to take the promises that I've given you? Are you willing to take all of your hopes and dreams that you still have? And are you willing to build an altar one more time to me? I challenge you today, are you willing to still build in your life? Throughout Scripture we see that it was possible to rebuild an altar as well. And I would encourage there's people here that perhaps you have broken altars in your life. You look back throughout your life and you may have the moments but the altars are in disrepair. That God spoke to you at one point in your life. That God called you at one point in your life. That God challenged you in some area in your life. And yet somehow that altar has gone into disrepair. And that, that, that somehow those things have fallen by the wayside. That somehow those things are no longer a part of our life. I want to challenge you to maybe you need to go back to one of those altars. And you need to begin to repair what God once did. You need to go back and say, Lord, I'm still willing to accept your call. Well, Lord, I'm still willing to give up whatever it takes. Lord, I'm so willing to do whatever it takes because you have called me in my life. I'm challenged today because I don't ever want to look back in my life and see simply a trail of diminishing alt or diminishing altars. I don't want to look back in my life and simply see memorials of things that God once did. did. But I want a fresh touch from God. I want a fresh encounter from God. I want to still be challenged in my life. That you know what? I may still have mountains to climb and altars to build. And Lord, I know it's going to be difficult. I know it's going to be tough. I've got a lot more to lose now. But Lord, I'm willing to climb up and build an altar again. Psalms chapter 51, and I'm closing. It says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. You see, that's really what it takes, is a broken spirit. And I'm not talking about a broken spirit, the circumstances have broken. I'm not talking about a broken spirit that life is throwing things your way and your spirit is broken and hurt and bruised. That's not what this is speaking about. But this is talking about David himself saying, Lord, I break my own spirit. Lord, I break my own heart. Lord, I take out the desires, I take out the dreams, I take out the hopes. I take out all the stuff that I want, and Lord, I break it up and lay it before You. You see, that's what these encounters with God require. They require a broken spirit. Maybe if I ask it this way, when was the last time that you broke yourself before the Lord? When was the last time that you just laid it all on the line? And I'm not talking about coming up to the altar and and singing a song, lifting your hands and saying, Lord, I give you my all, because everyone could do that in this moment. But I'm talking about in those moments where it becomes so difficult to even say, Lord, I give you my all, because you realize what all really is. You realize it may be the career. You realize it may be financial security. You realize it may be the house that you feel that God even gave you. God wouldn't do that. Yeah, He asked for Isaac. I couldn't do that to my family. I couldn't do that. How would I make it in life? You see, that's the things that I begin to wrestle with. Because here's the thing God doesn't usually ask me to do anything that's too easy, because then I can do it by myself. But I'm challenged in my spirit. I'm challenged for us today. I'm burdened for us today. I don't want to lose the art of altar building in my life, I don't want to lose being broken before God. I don't want to settle in my life for simply having a bunch of monuments that I can look back and say, Lord, I'm thankful for when you did this. And I'm thankful for when you did did that, which I need to be. But I want to have moments in my life that I still look forward to and know that in my life I'm still going to build an altar. Lord, I'm still willing to sacrifice everything for you. Lord, I'm still willing to give everything for you. Am I willing to still build an altar as we stand this morning? I pray that in something that I've said, something may have sparked some of the, something within you. I realize that I can't plan my encounters with God. I know that. At no point in the encounters that are represented here did I enter in saying, Today is the day, this is the service that my life will change. I understand that. But I'm not asking you to have that moment today. I'm not asking you to stay here for 5 hours or stay here till t- I'm not asking you to do that today. I'm here simply to challenge you to say to the Lord one more time, Lord, here it all is. Here it all is. That you're willing to come to an altar with a broken spirit. Say, "Lord, I know this seems to be from you and I believe it's from you." But Lord, here's my ministry. Lord, here's my family. Lord, here's my job. And it's difficult. In fact, I would say as a young person, it's even easier to build an altar. You've got a lot less to lose. It was at an altar that God challenged me, you know what, you're not going to have a career. You're just going to have a job. And boy, I've had some jobs. That was difficult. You know what, it's even more difficult now. I was just a young person I don't need a whole lot to live One summer I lived off of a package of hot dogs every day Five when I woke up Five when I got off work That's good eating right there Actually my boys may go for that still today But I don't know if my wife will It becomes more difficult In fact There's an altar Again it's over here That it wasn't too long ago, over here, back amidst a bunch of junk in a room somewhere, that God challenged me to lay it all down again. I know I'm past the youth convention, youth camp stage where all that stuff happens. And you know what I said? I said, Lord, I can't do that. I can't do it. I know exactly how Jacob felt when he wrestled. I can't do that, Lord. I can't do that to my family. You don't know look at all this stuff I have. How would this work out? How would this happen? What would what, what would take place? And it took me a long time. It took me a long time. But I finally had to say, "Lord, if you require of it, that of me that's fine. But here I am." just willing to build again. And right there, I built an altar. And I climbed up on the altar and said, Lord, here's everything. Whether I think it's from you, whether it's my own desires, I place it down again. I don't want us to lose the altars in our life. It concerns me when the cares of life, it concerns me when life seems to take over people, It's at those moments in my own life when I begin to say, when I think it would be too hard, I know that's a moment when I need to say, Lord, I need an altar again. I need an altar again. I know Sister Sherry's playing, but I I don't want any singers or anything right now. We sing that song when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come. Really that's how I feel about the story of Jacob, when it's all stripped away and I simply come. You see, because this is not about who's praying for you, it's not about what song is being sung, it's simply about an encounter with God. And so this is not going to be an altar call of music, it's not going to be anything that would push you to come, but we'll do what the song says, let it all fade and simply come. And I want us to pray right now, and then I'm going to open the altars for you to simply come. And again, I'm not saying you have to have one of those uh, three-hour-long encounters with God, but I am challenging you today to come forward and say, Lord, I'm willing to lay it down again. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now. Lord, we're thankful for your spirit, for your power, for your word. And Lord, I ask you that your spirit would go forth right now, God. Lord, that Your Word would do its work. Lord, that it would reach to the deepest parts of us today. Lord, I know this may not be easy. It may not be the, the, the most... Uh, uh, it's, it's a complicated thing, Lord, when we begin to think about stuff like this. But Lord, I challenge You to reach deep inside of us, God. To begin to touch on areas, Lord. To begin to challenge us in our own hearts and lives, God. And then, Lord, give us the courage, God to begin to pick up those things in our life and begin to build an altar to you again. To say, Lord, I'm willing to lay it all down if you ask me, God. This altar is open this morning. I'm challenging young people. I know you've just had youth camps and things. Perhaps you just need to revisit an altar you just built and say, Lord, I'm not going to quit on what you spoke to me about. Lord, I'm not going to back up on what you told me about. Lord, I'm going to continue faithfully. Perhaps you're a young adult. You're a young person. And the cares of life seem to to have overwhelmed you. I'm challenging you right now. He may not ask you to change anything. But I'm challenging you right now to come and say, Lord, I'm willing to change whatever I need. Perhaps you're an adult. You've got a family. You're established. Perhaps you're older. I'm challenging you like Abraham. He was in his hundreds and God asked him to climb the mountain again. Again, he may not ask. He may provide the ram in the thicket. But I'm challenging you. Make the journey to say, Lord, I'm willing to build an altar again if that's what it takes. Lord, I'm not just going to have memorials in my life. But Lord, I want a fresh altar. A fresh encounter. A fresh touch from you today. Perhaps you need to revisit an altar and rebuild it. Perhaps you've strayed from a consecration that you once had. Perhaps you've strayed from what you once committed to God. I'm challenging you to find the stones that once built that altar and begin to put them back in place and say, Lord, I'm willing to rebuild this altar and commit to you again. Oh, come on, let's call out to Him right now. Come on. This is an individual prayer. You don't need to find anyone to pray for right now. I want everyone to pray for themselves, whether you're up here, whether you're in your seat.